Welcome back to Mark's Madness. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> that was the worst voice thing I ever did, but I was trying to keep uh, up with your boobs. We got it. It's so hilarious to me because when I do the edit, now that we're uh, now that we record in separate spaces and I have to, you know, yeah. merge all this together. Um, <laughs> you have to merge I, that. I well no, it's just because the, now whenever I check your like I first boot up your audio to see if everything's yeah. working, it's just without the background like the beat that go like you know the intro song and my boo boo boo. It's just you acapella doing the welcome backs <laughs> to Mark's madnesses, and I it's I, I want to put a remix of those together. It's just it's really good. Like, we could do some good stuff with them. Um, but I've yeah, that, I've gotten quieter and quieter on them too to try to not blow out the levels. So who yeah, knows? I what's mean, going you on could with just the turn the levels down. God damn, we need so guys. Far down, we've got to more. get back in the cave. I, I need I, to get I, David I know, on the mixer. I know, but all of all of the levels are so low. They're so low. They're so low, and then I blow it out anyway, and then I can't hear myself talk. So all I right, have to turn right. them like to. 25. We need to buy David a mix. We need to buy David a mixer. We need to buy David a mixer, <laughs> guys. All right, welcome to our GoFundMe. We're buying no, yes. no, no, we're not. Uh, <laughs> that being said, we are doing it again, and guys, I promise this week. And by this week, I mean today, because if you listen to the episode 48 hours ago, we acted like we were going to do an episode and then mm-hmm. we didn't. Uh, we did no. a thing. We recorded no, audio, yes. but we didn't do an episode of the show. We, we did a, we did a current event audio thing. intending it for being to be an episode. And then we got thrown off by how long it was. Yeah. And so which now, is a tradition. Now um, we once again find ourselves uh, recording on the anniversary of the Haymarket Affair. Uh, oh. We're definitely not going to go into that again because we did that before. We did that but, last year. See, this is fun. If we yeah. do these, uh, so go back to exactly uh, fifty-two episodes ago, give or yeah. take, because we do bonus episodes. <laughs> go back to a year ago if you want to know about the Haymarket Affair, because David did a cool yeah. little intro for that, um, yeah. which is that which good is fun. good. That was that was one of my most disorganized. Uh, <laughs> me, it, <laughs> I'm so bad at like disorganized half remembered history. Yeah, uh, but that that was my most disorganized of my disorganized half remembered histories. And to go uh, from that to the, that, go to that to the color revolutions. Like, oh, it's just a such <laughs> a fun journey of of organized note taking. It's awesome. <laughs> Oh, guys. Hey, uh, uh, you see, there are these Serbs in. <laughs> let me look at the Serbia. Serbia. Okay. Uh, it turns out the Serbs are in Serbia. <laughs> we figured it out. We've nailed that. That's a geography we won't need corrected on rain. We got this. That's one. right. Serbs we in Serbia. Nailed it. Um, guys, uh, if there's ever been a more appropriate uh, title for a chapter in a, in a moment, I don't know if we mm-hmm. have one, but this is it. Uh, because we're starting on chapter four, the general strike. Uh, this is on page 55, if you're following along, yes. which you absolutely should be, because this book's awesome. Um, mm-hmm. And then, obvious, all of these have these little sub-paragraph subtitles, because, I don't know, but Du Bois wanted to up Fanon on the subtitle game. Um, <laughs> how the Civil War meant emancipation, and how the black worker won the war by a general strike, which transferred his labor from the Confederate planter to the Northern Invader, in whose army lines workers began to be organized as a new labor force. I'm wondering if if we probably already paid uh, too much mind to Du Bois's education, uh, but I'm wondering if that is still a, a remnant imagine. of it. Um, well, hmm? if uh, if that's his thesis for each chapter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll go with that. I'm imagining Dr. Du Bois. All right. This is the intro in this chapter. I will tell you about. And then we'll get to a conclusion at the end. Yeah, no, I think he's better. No, he's he's got this. No, those are just they're just pithy. They're good. Um, when Edwin Ruffin, uh, continuing the great name tradition that these last That's chapters right. have given us, Makes me white feel like haired, a penguin. 
<laughs> white haired and mad. I love, yeah, just rah, fired the first gun at Fort Sumner. He freed the slaves. Mm-hmm. It was the last thing he meant to do. That was because he was so typically a Southern oligarch. The dunks start early. He did mm-hmm. not know the real world about him. He was provincial and lived apart on his plantation with his servants, his books, and his thoughts. Outside of agriculture, he jumped at conclusions instead of testing them by careful research. He knew, for instance, that the North would not fight. He knew that Negroes would never revolt. And so war came. War is murder, force, anarchy, and debt. That is an interesting foursome for war to be. (laughs) Yeah. Murder, force, anarchy, and debt. All right, cool. Um Its end is evil, despite all incidental good. Neither North nor South had before 1861 the slightest intention of going to war. The thought was, in many respects, ridiculous. They were not prepared for war. The National Army was small, poorly equipped, and without experience. There was no file from which one might draw plans of subjugation. So, of course, uh, Du Bois has kicked us off with um, Edwin Ruffin. Going record scratch. I bet you're all wondering how I got here with the South <laughs> surrender. I bet you're all wondering how I freed the slaves. Let me tell you, it was not my intent. <laughs> I'm a good Northern, old Southern boy. Oh, a good old Southern boy. Uh, when Northern armies entered the South, they became armies of emancipation. It was the last thing they planned to be. I, oh, this is some fun wordplay he's doing, right? This is good. Uh, The North did not propose to attack property. It did not propose to free slaves. This was to be a white man's war to preserve the Union, and the Union must be preserved. So I love how the last chapter, at the end of the last chapter at least, we were very explicit in hammering home these uh, complete bullshits, Mm -hmm. uh, for lack of a better word, about how uh, the South was in this for anything other than slavery. That was all they gave a shit about. It was purely a war to protect slavery. End of story. Yes. We're now kind of doing the opposite thing for uh, for the North, which is dispelling the myth that they were in this for anything except they had no intention of ending slavery. They didn't give yeah. a shit about ending slavery. Ending slavery was incidental to the mm-hmm. North. It was uh, it was an afterthought. It was the yeah. mere fact of this is again this is like the this is the like there was high abolitionists within the North that that were definitely part of this. For, but oh overall, my god! The yes. North overall, the North just wanted America Big to stay N together. The North. When we're yeah. not talking about the Toronto Raptors um, or Drake, <laughs> I guess. I don't know. Or, um, but they, the they had no intentions as a system, as an organized group of, of freeing slaves. This is the height, in my opinion, of like the lib resistance civility police people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's all they care about is decorum and, and yes. rule of law and yes. appearances. And it's, oh, oh, my heavens. Well, they can't done go secede. That's against the rules. You're not allowed to do that. So I guess we'll have to go do a whole war thing. And if we accidentally free some slaves along the way, well, that's the price to be paid for making sure that those dirty Southerners follow the rule of law. Yes. All it is. If for some reason, uh, someone listening to us is still uh, a Demsock instead of a, a radicalized a socialist at this point. <laughs> Were you uh, in a coma then, for this last primary yeah, season? Because if you made it through um, this last primary season as a dem sock, I don't know how yeah, to help you. Yeah. So, uh, but the analogy for you then for, for if you're a Bernie Stan is uh, the South was against healthcare and the North was only <laughs> intending to bring Obamacare. <laughs> <laughs> I want general Joe Biden riding in on the North. <laughs> you know, you know, Jack, you know, Jack, you can't, you can't have slaves. And if you don't like it, go vote for the other guy. I don't care. <laughs> 
God, fuck it. I, I'm po- God, Joe Biden would have been on the South. He would have supported the South. Uh, 100%. 100%. Um, nothing that concerned the amelioration of the Negro touched the heart of the mass of Americans, nor could the common run of men realize the political and economic cost of Negro slavery. When, therefore, the Southern radicals backed by political oligarchy and economic dictatorship in the most extreme form which the world had seen it for 500 years precipitated secession, that part of the North that opposed the plan had to hunt for a rallying slogan to unite the majority of the North and in the West, and if possible, bring the border states into an opposing phalanx. Again, that thing wasn't free slaves. <laughs> yeah. Spoiler alert! It wasn't they weren't they weren't doing it for slaves, slaves, guys? That that that's not how this ends. <laughs> Just wait, Du Bois will finish that thought for you. He does this for me all the time. The next sentence: Freedom for for slaves furnished no such slogan. I really need to stop <laughs> thinking. Just let Du Bois think for me. He's a Harvard man. He does it better. Not one tenth. Oh, he brings brings that percentage back of the northern white population would have fought for any such purpose. <laughs> Free soil was a much stronger motive. God damn it. We're mm-hmm. back to the blood and soil. <laughs> We're back to the goddamn blood and soil. Son of a bitch. But it had no cogency in this contest because the free soilers, I don't love that term at all, and I didn't the first time it came no. up, did not dream of asking free soil in the South, since that involved the competition of slaves, or what seemed worse than that, of free Negroes. On the other hand, the tremendous economic ideal of keeping this great market for goods, the United States, together with all its possibilities of agricultural manufacture, trade, and profit appealed to both the West and the North. And what was then more significant, it appealed to the border states. To end this section, to the flag we are pledged, all its woefos we abhor, and we ain't for the hard N-word, but we are for the war. Again, just... Real time looks at yeah. what they were actually saying, what they actually thought, and got it was literally it was just decorum and money. Yeah. It was decorum and money, the two things that feed the uh the lib mindset yeah, better than they, anything. The American economy was ramping up. Um it was not even that that bulging superpower that it was right before World War One, before it turned into the hegemony after World War Two. Uh this was just, you know, this was its infancy. Uh, but it was very promising, very promising. And they were like, oh, if they secede for these slaves, uh, our whole economic powers are, are undercut. And all of a sudden yeah. we can't keep up with Europe. We've got to, keep and who, up with yeah. What, what, what stops us from being where the Balkans? Yeah, what, yeah. These, these other, these other colonies, they can't keep up with Europe, but we, we're, we're F R E E free to exploit <laughs> and enslave, and we can keep up with Europe. We go, we got to stay together for that. Got to support. Stay, stay together, together for the kids. Stay, God damn it. I was going for that. Right. At, <laughs> oh, damn it. Beer, you ruined me again. You slowed me down just enough for David to sneak that one by me. All right, David, take it away. The border states wanted the cotton belt in the union so that they could sell it their surplus slaves. But they also wanted to be in the same union with the North and the West, where the profit of trade was large and increasing. The duty then of saving the union became the great rallying cry of a war, which for a long time made the border states hesitate and confine secession to the far south. And yet they all knew that the only thing that really threatened the Union was slavery, and the only remedy was abolition. If now the far South had – and this is – again, I'm going to stop for a second. So uh, abolition was coming because it threatened the Union economically. It was essentially slowing the the gears in the whole thing. 
Yeah. And uh, the South so could mechanize and modernize and be mm-hmm. hyper, more, insanely more productive. Mm-hmm. And that's what the North wanted. But the South yeah. wouldn't do that because that meant that they would lose their insane margins. You'd have to give up your mm-hmm. your margins to be able to do that. And they did not want to do that. The North would just invest yeah. money and money cost them nothing. The South they, would lose their way of life to do that. And that's where you end up with a mm-hmm. die. You've got a dialectic the, going on here, guys. Someone's got to resolve only, this. Only logical misers in history because they were just greedy, dehumanizing bastards. And uh, they did not want that power undercut. Uh, but the alternative was a broken economy that was holding everything back. And when that came out of conflict, it broke out into war. And so, again, Du Bois lays this out. Nobody wanted to free the slaves except maybe a few abolitionists in the North and the slaves, the slaves. themselves. But abolition kind of had to happen. And everyone's rallied behind. Don't fuck up this big, beautiful economy of stolen land. <laughs> So <laughs> it's so it's it's almost I wish there was a prescient modern example of, you know, sat doing a thing that nobody really wants to do and sacrificing a bunch of blood and humans to make sure the economy keeps going. I, I can't think of one, but I'm sure it exists. Yeah, no, I, I have no idea what you're talking about. Nope, none, <laughs> no, none. no, one, no one would ask for that in a quote unquote protest with the exact words nope. that were over the, the gates. Not what's not that, David. Like that. That's too on the nose. That's too, that's on, the too nose. on the nose. That, come on. Sorry. Don't sorry. The whole, sorry. the whole point here is that we parody. We don't just say the ah, things out. That's come on. That would be ah. silly. Uh, I said the funny part out loud and ruined the joke. No, so. no, I was actually making it. No, it's okay. We, we've lost <laughs> know, the thread. It's fine. We've lost it. It's gone. Right, right wingers are being active Nazis. Sorry. <laughs> just FYI. Just the, um. the no subliminal <laughs> smoke. No subliminal messaging. Just smoke. It's cool. If now the far south had had. I don't know why you wrote had 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 trained and astute leadership. <laughs> I, you, I feel like you were saying that to me. Like, damn it, Nathan, why'd you come in and write an extra had in here? <laughs> yeah, no, it's God damn it. <laughs> A compromise could have been made, which so far as slavery was concerned, would have held the abnormal political power of the South intact made the slave system impregnable for generations and even given slavery practical rights throughout the nation. But North and South ignored the differing degrees, the interests of the laboring classes. The North expected patriotism and union to make white labor fight. The South expected all white men to defend the slaveholders property. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, I just love uh, it's so funny because again, you see it all the time. The North, mm -hmm. the North expected that everyone would just rally around their decorum and their, and their rule of law mm-hmm. in there but but it's for the flag guys you should do it for the flag and mm-hmm. the south just expected that everyone would absolutely totally want slaveholders to keep being a thing and they were both right they were both right and, they and were both is, right this is not just the modern parties in the in the one party system that's a two-party system in the united states it's uh it's still the modern like you want to say fan bases at this point with these parties. Oh, it feels you've that way. Got, it's yeah, fandoms. it feels that way. You've got, you've got the people that really buy into the patriotism, the American dream and the, you know, sir, sir, we're the land of immigrants and love and, and give us your huddled masses um, and some wonkish shit. And then you have the, West like, we just really want the black people to be held down. Like that's NASCAR. That's fans. it. Yeah. That, that, that's all you got. That's all you got. That's, that's all you split. got. As far as people that, that vote, of course, you know, we're trying to ra- radicalize away from that. But that's that's the main thing you got. Seems to me. <laughs> uh, let's see. I just lost this. Oh, OK. But North and no, I had that. Oh, see, both sections ignored the Negro. The northern mass <laughs> that still hasn't changed either. I was about to say. Uh, <laughs> and one thing remains true. 
to the northern masses, the Negro was a curiosity, a subhuman minstrel, willingly and naturally a slave, and treated as well as he deserved to be. He had not sense enough to revolt and help the northern armies. God, this never changes. Nope. Even if no, northern no, 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 armies no. were trying to emancipate him, which they were not. The North shrank at the very thought of encouraging servile insurrection against the whites. Above all, it did not propose to interfere with the property. Negroes, on the whole, were considered cowards and inferior beings whose very presence in America was unfortunate. The abolitionists, it was true, expected action on the part of the Negro. But how much, they could not say. Only John Brown knew just how much revolt had to come and would come, and he was dead. Damn right. Only good white person. (laughs) Only good white person. Thus, the Negro himself was not seriously considered by the majority of men, North or South. And yet from the very beginning, the Negro occupied the center of the stage because of the very simple physical reasons. The war was in the South, and in the South were 3,953,740 black slaves and 261,918 free Negroes. One of those numbers is significantly larger than the other. Well, is that less than... Yeah, less than 10%. Jesus Christ. Oh, significantly less. <laughs> yeah. Yes. 4 million uh, to 200,000. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it, it, yeah, it ain't no, close. It's, 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 it's closer to 5%. It's so bad. Um, <laughs> what was to be the real relation of this mass of workers to the war? What did the war mean to the Negroes? And what did the Negroes mean to the war? There are two theories, both rather over-elaborated. The one that the Negro did nothing but faithfully serve his master until emancipation was thrust upon him. The other that the Negro immediately, just as quickly as the presence of the northern soldiers made it possible, left serfdom and took his stand with the army of freedom. We will be greeted as liberators. Yes, yes. (laughs) Exactly. God damn. So on the (laughs) nose. Uh, It must be borne in mind that the nine-tenths of the four million black slaves could neither read nor write, and that the overwhelming majority of them were isolated on country plantations. Any mass movement under such circumstances must materialize slowly and painfully. Again, you know, I mean, even a boys here, yeah. the masses must liberate themselves. You know, he's, he's calling exactly what went wrong with reconstruction. It was our actual revolution and it was the liberation of slaves. And yet they were never, you know, radicalized and organized to liberate themselves. And when the white people took over, they just served their own interest and fucked them right back over and sent them right back essentially in the same cast. Yep. Um, what the Negro did was to wait, look, and listen, and to try and see where his interest lay. There was no use in seeking refuge in an army which was not an army of freedom, and there was no sense in revolting against armed masters who were conquering the world. As soon, however, as it became clear that the Union armies would not or could not return fugitive slaves, and that the masters, with all their fume and fury, were uncertain of victory, the slave entered upon a general strike against slavery by the same methods he had used during the period of the fugitive slave. He ran away to the first place of safety and offered his services to the federal army. So that in this way, it was really true that he served his former master and served the emancipating army. And it was also true that his withdrawal and bestowal of his labor decided the war. Mm-hmm. <coughs> the South counted on Negroes as laborers to raise food and money, crops for civilians and for the army. And even in a crisis to be used for military purposes. Oh my Slave God. revolt. Hold on. Yeah. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> yeah. You Are can- you kidding me? <laughs> 
<laughs> Could you imagine like standing behind the lines screaming at you? It's like, fight for me to own you. Like, yeah, like I can't, like, I, I mean, I think a spree de corps is probably a little overstated at certain times, but, uh, I feel like there's a certain level of camaraderie mm. that you need with your, uh, superior officers if you're going to, you know, charge into the, you know, yeah. old glory kind of thing. And, uh, not sure if the slave masters had that. Not so much, yeah. Uh, slave revolt was an ever-present risk, but there was no reason to think that a shore war with the North would greatly increase his danger. Publicly, Guys, the South it's refused- going to be three or four weeks. We're going to be home by Christmas. We're going to have Baghdad. It's going to fall. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. I'm just imagining like a little steamboat of the Mississippi with mission accomplished in the background. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> just Mark Twain in the white suit with the, the tugboat captain hat on. Just mission accomplished. Let's go, y'all. Publicly, the South repudiated <sighs> the thought of its slaves even wanting to be rescued. The New Orleans Crescent showed the absurdity of the assertion of a general stampede of our Negroes. The London Dispatch was convinced that Negroes did not want to be free. As hey, guys, slaves- if you ever needed to remember, just London's also a piece of shit. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Piece of garbage. I'm not even sure this is for that London too. This must, I, I would think this would be for London in the South in context, but yeah, London, England is, is not London, too. Ontario. We're not going with the with the yeah. the, 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 the Golden Knights or whatever the fuck they are. <laughs> Trudeau's great great grandpa running a newspaper. <laughs> <Jesus>. <laughs> As for the slaves themselves, crushed with the wrongs of Dred Scott and Uncle Tom, most provoking, they could not be brought to burn with revenge. They are spies for their masters. They are obstinately refuse to run away to liberty, outrage, and starvation. They work in the fields as usual, and when the planter and overseer are away, and the only white women are left at home. So, I mean, these guys are basically looking at the situation of how how dominant they are over them, where where they're they're beat into submission and going, "You idiots! We brought these guys to heal. They'll never fight against us," which is fucking grotesque and and not totally accurate thank god but terrifyingly partially accurate i mean um, yeah very very much partial i mean i i don't want to mm-hmm. i don't know enough to assume anything here but this is i want to i want to find out where the london we're gonna do a yeah. uh, dispatch oh, okay I, you're gonna look at london dispatch while i, I, I try know, to blow i want to know if that, how, I wanna, no, uh, no 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 i want to know where that is <laughs> Okay. Um, okay. So I'm going to blather on about the ramifications of abuse. Uh, no, you no, no, look no, no. This London is dispatches. okay. So the London, no, the London Dispatch is from is in is in England. It's a British newspaper. Oh, okay. Um, okay. Which is okay. which is fine. But that assumption, the, David. No, shush. No, but the, this because that. So I re- I want to reread that then because that okay. So yeah. the this because I interrupted you and that's what fucked it up. Yeah. Sorry. The London Dispatch was convinced that the Negroes did not want to be free, and so from that sense, this is a direct quote mm-hmm. from the London Dispatch. Yeah. As first the slaves themselves, crushed with the wrongs of Dred Scott and Uncle Tom, most provoking, they cannot be brought to burn with revenge. They are spies for their masters. They obstinately refuse to run away to liberty, outrage, and starvation. They work in the fields as usual when the planter and overseer are away, and only the white women are left at home. So this is literally like the the, the head, the London Dispatch, the, the Economist yeah. is over in London. This is the head of the, yeah. the bourgeoisie from afar, like... Oh my God, they're so beaten and broken and they won't do anything. Hell, it's just the white yeah. women at home and they're still just working away as if nothing is gone, <laughs> which cannot be that, that not how it worked at all. Like no. maybe there were one or, you know, there were offshoots or something like that. I'm not going to say yeah. in, in black well, again, and that's white. Where it's like, you know, there's, there's, there's some partial truth. Cause again, you know, there is some level of 
and we see it today, you know, there is some level of fealty to master. It is, it is one of the ramifications of abuse. But as a class, they're not just going to go, oh, no, you know, we're, we're busy here toiling away at our jobs. They've revolted before. They'll revolt, yeah. revolt again. I was about to say, this is, this is the most insane. But to think that that was a wide-held view. Yeah. Again, they will greet us as liberals. The, the Iraqis want for, they want democracy and they want Christian yeah. values. The, the Islam, what's that? Come on now. They're going to they're going to love Christmas <laughs> when we get over there. Let's do it. Like it's the same <laughs> level of arrogance and just complete yeah. m- like no understanding of any culture that's not your own. Yeah. Um it's it's insane. Yeah, and they and there'll be some, you know, some subversive level of compradors that that you can manipulate. You know, I mean, that's that's exactly what clandestine ops are. And it doesn't have to be that damn cl- clandestine slaveholders had them, too. But most of the people are going to be like, fuck this. And oh, yeah. rightly so. They're human goddamn beings. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Early in the war, the South had made careful calculation of the military value of slaves. Oh, I'm sure they did. The Alabama Advertiser, at least they were open about it, in 1861 <laughs> discussed the slaves as a military element in the South. It said that the total white population of the 11 states now comprising the Confederacy is 5 million. And therefore, to fill up the ranks of the proposed army, 600,000, or about 10% of the entire white population will be required. I think it was more than that. In any (laughs) other country than our own, such a draft could not be met. But the southern states can furnish that number of men and still not leave the material interest of the country in a suffering condition. Because 600,000 of them are sitting around doing nothing because slaves are doing all the labor. God damn it. The editor, with fatuous faith, did not for a moment contemplate any mass movement against this program on the part of the slaves. So their assumption is we can lose 600,000 people. We'll have plenty of people. The slaves are all back working, mm-hmm. of course, because yep. why wouldn't they be? They're slaves. Just no concept of how reality works. Just complete disassociation. Those who are incapacitated for bearing arms. So the guy, if Jimbo can't shoot, He'll stay back and oversee the plantation and the Negroes can go on undisturbed in their usual labors. As long as Jimbo can crack the whip, we're good to go. We don't need anybody else. We got it. As long as as they don't know Jimbo can't shoot, as long as you go Albert (laughs) Pujol's elbow with murdering people, (laughs) you're good. Uh, Albert before that dang plantar fasciitis. Um Oh, in the North, the case is different. The men who join the army of subjugation are the laborers. The army of subjugation. Wow. Jeez. Um, that's, that's one way to look at it. The producers and the factory <laughs> operatives. Nearly every man from that section, especially those from the rural districts, leave some branch of industry to suffer during his absence. I love the concept of, well, in the North, if they send 600,000 people off, they're all productive members of society. The South, fuck, we could send a million. We don't need them. Fuck, what are they doing? <laughs> Sitting around doing antebellum shit. We don't need it. Fuck it. Run them into the meat grinder, boys. We got this. <sighs> the institution of slavery in the South alone enables her to place in the field a force much larger in proportion to her white population than the North, or indeed any country which is dependent entirely on free labor. The institution is a tower of strength to the South, particularly at the present crisis, and our enemies will likely to find that the quote-unquote moral cancer about which their orators are so fond of uh, prattling is really one of the most effective weapons employed against the Union by the South. Uh, This is one of those moments where we go, how'd that work out for him, Johnny? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's, mm. Again, too, also the arrogance and, and bravado is 
still, still again, it's so much, so much tying back to modern conservatives. It, it very much is. Wow. Just chef kiss across the board. Yeah. Soon, the South of necessity was moving out beyond this plan. They figured it out quickly. It was no longer simply a question of using the Negroes at home on the plantation to raise food. They could be even of even more immediate use as military labor to throw up breastworks, transport and prepare food and act as servants in the camp. In the Charleston Courier of November 22nd, able-bodied hands were asked to be sent by their masters to work upon the defenses. They would be fed and properly cared for. I don't love the insinuation that they wanted to go to the military to be fed and properly cared for. Kind of yeah. breaking this whole paternalistic vibe y'all are giving off about uh, slavery. That they're <laughs> they're willing to go to the front lines to be cared for. It's, it's again, never changes because we've talked about the 13th Amendment just moved this stuff into prison and how willing prisoners are to work, to get some worth out of their life and to get some amount of money so that they could call their family for like five dollars every 30 minutes and then they'll work for like 50 cents an hour it's like if you're jumping at the chance for something so horrible it shows how extortative things are and how terrible it is in the prisons so of course you know yeah we'll actually feed them we'll actually take care of them don't worry they'll love it they'll be happy to fight for us it'll be a privilege just like well how shitty is stuff at the plantation in 1862 in Charleston, after a proclamation of martial law, the governor and council authorized the procuring of Negro slaves by either the planter's consent or by impressment. Uh, why do you need the one if you've got the other? Kind of seems weird. Uh, to work on the fortifications and defenses of Charleston Harbor. I'm sure that slave labor is hyper-motivated labor when it comes to trying to defend the institutions of the slaveholder. <laughs> positive their no. favorite thing to do if there's one one thing people are willing to die for it's being enslaved they that love just... love dying for that mm. yeah. reopen the economy in myth god damn it <laughs> I, I mean, I, that's the thing i we say this like of course they don't want to die for the fucking enslavement that would be silly <laughs> And yet we've got people protesting to do that thing. I, I want people <laughs> to be just, smarter than they are, but they're not. <laughs> There's slaves standing there with protest signs saying, I want a haircut. But God <laughs> oh, God damn it. All right. God damn it. <laughs> in <sighs> Mississippi in 1862, permission was granted to the governor to impress slaves to work in New Iberia. New Iberia. Is that like a Where new Spain? Where the fuck is, new, is yeah, Ibe- yeah. the Iberian Peninsula is like south of like it's, the southern it's Spain. Spain. It's, it's Spain, Spain and, Portugal. and Portugal. Yeah, Spain and Portugal together. So like Where all of was the Americas new- that are not the United States. I don't know. I, are but they that talking makes sense about- because the Spain the Spanish conquered oh, a lot of the south. So, so they're sending them down to the salt mines in South America. Maybe. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I got it. Cool. The new Iberia for salt, which was becoming the Confederacy's most pressing necessity. That, in Texas, wait, can you can you shoot people with salt did they did i did i get confused <laughs> do you make bullets out of salt i'm i don't know i don't know how war works guys i'm real bad at this do you just pack the wound with salt when you lose an arm in the field or something like that i don't i don't know how any of this works well let's see it, it does say that bug bites and webmd are oh, good come for salt. On. yes we're very worried about our mosquito bumps right now while we're down while we're storming charleston i'm sure because they don't have. I'm sure it's mostly yet. for food preservation. I'm sure right, it's anyway. entirely for food. No, no, because I had a whole. Th- Damn it, I had a thing here. Now it's gone. Now it's gone. I had yeah. a whole. That whole thing. I'm You're not going to get the thing now. 
In Texas, a thousand Negroes were offered by planters for work on the public defenses. In, by 1864, the matter the matter had passed beyond the demand for slaves as military laborers and had come to the place where the South was seriously considering and openly demanding the use of Negroes as soldiers. Distinctly and inevitably, the rigor of the slave system in the South softened as war proceeded. Slavery showed in many, if not all respects, its best side. The harshness and the cruelty in part had to disappear since they were left on the plantations, mainly women and children, with only a few men, and there was a certain feeling of apprehension in the air on the part of the whites which led them to capitalize on all the friendship and kindness which existed between them and the slaves i wonder how much friendship and kindness existed between the whites and the slaves (laughs) wonder how much how much uh social capital you can really expend there guys (laughs) you come out with a pie like uh sorry for selling your nephew anyway let's go have dinner together Friendship and kindness? No? All yeah, right. Uh, uh, Do you want to come uh, to Cotillion? Mm. <laughs> no race could have responded to this so quickly and thoroughly as the Negroes. They felt pity and responsibility and also a certain new undercurrent of independence. Negroes were still being sold rather ostentatiously in Charleston ostentatiously uh in charleston and new orleans but the long lines of virginia negroes were not marching to the southwest in a certain sense after the first few months everybody knew that slavery was done with and that no matter who won the condition of the slave would never be the same after this disaster of war and it was perhaps these considerations more than anything else that had the poise held the poised arm of the black man for no one knew better than the south what a negro crazed with with cruelty and oppression and beaten back to the last stand could do with his, could do to his oppressor. <laughs> Guys, I could use a little parody and satire for what the, the Negro crates with cruelty and oppression would do to his uh, oppressor. Yeah. Just saying, I would love some <laughs> if we could find it. Be real nice. The, the Southerners, therefore, were careful. Those who had been kind to their slaves assured them of the bad character of the Yankee and of their own good intentions. Thus, while the Negroes knew there were abolitionists in the North, they did not know their growth, their power, or their intentions, and they did hear on every side that the South was overwhelmingly victorious in the battlefield. Wait a minute. Are you saying that by controlling an entire narrative as to what people hear on a day-to-day basis, (laughs) you can influence what and how people think despite facts? Weird! you know what's amazing is it wasn't a centralized government propaganda. Like I thought, I thought that's what you had to have. I can't believe that a bunch of rich people with the same interest would drive the same narrative that yeah. the official enemies are extra super bad. Trust us that we're super nice and that we're totally winning. And despite like, the fact that, that, that there is no happen. fact that can back any of that up, it's literally just the fact that I control all the information that gets to you, yeah. and that's all that matters. Yeah, that would totally never happen modern day, right? No, just, God, just no we have the internet. Imagine that. You can't, can't lie with the internet, that. David. Yeah. Uh, that anyway, Kim Jong Un is back from the dead. And Speaking we're of the devil. And, oh, do you know he has harems now? <laughs> oh, okay. Did you see that? Oh, sorry. No, did you see no, that yesterday? Oh, I did not see that oh, one. Oh, my God. Yeah, what this is, is that whole, one? This is a whole thing in Twitter. Apparently, a guy who will show her name nameless. Basically, literally, like for the last four days, there had been this thing of Kim Jong Un's dead. He's dead. He's all oh, dead. no, I did see this. I did see this. It was like yes. two 2,000 women. It's like, oh, my God. And then God. this person comes out, and then literally, like, four, like a day after they finally stopped pushing the he's dead narrative, they're yeah. like, by the way, Kim Jong-un has reinstituted a pleasure harem of women yeah. that his grandfather, Kim Il-sung, had first put in place. God, it's like, 
Are you, what the fuck? How does no one see? He was dead 48 hours ago. And then now he's weekend at Bernie's with a harem. You're just throwing everything at the wall and hoping something fucking sticks. Oh, no, that one's extra gross. That one's extra gross because you think about, and this is an Asian, any Asian war, any Asian war, uh, but especially Korea and Vietnam, the American soldiers and what they did, like trafficking and taking sex slaves. And and you're going to accuse the people that have defended Korea away from that as having harems like fuck all the way off. Just it is off. it's starting to get that was I I was talking about this in this court. that was it's starting to get worrisome because this feels like a very full court press on let's find what narrative for regime mm-hmm. change resonates best. Is it he's dead? Yeah. Is it he has a harem? Is it his sister's crazy? What is it that particularly fits the bill that it will allow us to do regime change? Like, it feels like there's trial ballooning anything they yeah. get their hands on right now. Yeah. And the sister crazy one, of course, is is super misogynistic. Like super a woman misogynistic. Would, women would just be crazier. Never mind that this is not the monarchy they make it out to be. And she's not like next in line automatically no, to be. That's leader. not how any of this and, works. And even if there's some level of of nepotism, I mean, they, he has tons of siblings. No one else is 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 being named to, to go. And no, but place. David, she is, what is a high ranking government thing. official? Have you ever had a Reese's peanut butter cup? Sure. So you've got you've got chocolate and you've got peanut yeah. butter. And these yeah. are two great tastes that taste great together. Yeah. What okay. if instead of those two, we took misogyny oh. and sinophobia and we Ooh. put them together? And Ooh. now we have two great tastes that taste great together. What Can if we tried you it? Sell it to me in an egg shape around Easter. I don't think they believe in Jesus over there, which is another reason God we should invade. Damn. Nope. I'm 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 selling. I'm that's it. Damn. That, that's the last time. All right. Well, I tried. <laughs> I tried, guys. I people at the independent, I gave it a shot. I'm sorry. Yeah. You'll have my, to write my your my own other one. I, I did see this. Um you brought up the harem that I had totally forgotten about that one, even though I did see it. But I also saw this one. They really wanted to say that their made up heart surgery that he to- supposedly died from was totally real. And someone found a picture of him. And I don't know if the red dot is actually in the picture uh, or if they drew it on. Oh, no. Oh, uh, but no. either way, it's just a little red dot. They found some little red dot on his arm or made some little red dot on his arm. And they went full, like, circling overhead pictures of factories and saying, Oh, God, oh no. They circled the red it's dot. WMD. It it's the WMD diagram. It's Colin Powell in front of the UN with the WMD. D diagrams going they're right here guys i promise <laughs> this is where they injected him into the heart surgery in his arm they had circled the part of the arm and i i don't know if this was just some random this was a korea watcher or some random right winger on the internet or like belling cat i usually pay a little closer attention when this stuff comes by and i just seen this one so fast <sighs> laughed so hard on it and moved on that I, I didn't even investigate like i normally do but because it was so ridiculous. But it was a red spot in his arm. They circled it and said, look, that's proof of the IV. He totally had the heart surgery that TMZ said. <laughs> My it's like, what? God. What the fuck? This it was so bad. It's kidding. It's this is getting a little <laughs> out of control. <laughs> All right. On the other hand, some of the Negroes sense that this what was beginning to happen. The Negroes of the cities, the Negroes who were being hired out, the Negroes of intelligence who could read and write all began to carefully watch the unfolding of the situation. At the first gun of Sumter, the black mass began not to move, but to heave with nervous tension and watchful waiting. Even before the war was declared, a movement began across the border. Just before the war, large numbers of fugitive slaves and free Negroes rushed into the North. It was estimated that 2000 left North Carolina alone because of rumors of the war. 
When W.T. Sherman occupied Port Royal in October 1861, he had no idea that he was beginning emancipation at one of its strategic points. On the contrary, he was very polite and said that he had no idea of interfering with slaves. In the same way, Major General Dix on seizing two countries of Virginia hard to see major general dix at the end of a sentence and then the fact that it doesn't end ie like come on man you had an opportunity to brand right there you didn't know what you had major general dixie come on it's so weird too because they yeah i mean they're dixie because of the mason dixon line and it's just general dix it's just completely it is general dix. Uh, yeah. it is. can we also yeah. guys all right it's important it should can be, we be honest right now dixie for sure i that would be D- so much more appropriate dixie is by far the better national anthem right like can we just agree objectively as a musical piece like dixie's better what come on have you heard the national anthem and have you heard dixie come on one I, of them slaps no you you are definitely going full grew up in Arkansas because I I don't I don't know Dixie what? I don't are you know telling it. me what, are you telling me you weren't raised being told it was the war of northern aggression that's was, not a thing that no, it came I, up oh no I had I had some racist fucking step family yeah. some racist goddamn step family okay they were from goddamn Times Beach okay there's like the racist hub of Missouri and that says a lot because Missouri is really fucking racist man I will take you down to Arkansas we will go down to Helena and we will have some talks. On seizing two counties of Virginia, was careful to order that slavery was not to be interfered with or slaves to be received onto the line. Burnside went further, and he has brought his Rhode Island regiment through Baltimore in June. He courteously returned two Negroes who had tried to run away with him. They were supposed to be slaves, although they may have been free Negroes. On the 4th of July, Colonel Pryor of Ohio delivered an address to the people of Virginia in which he repudiated the accusation that the Northern Army were abolitionists. Seems like a great 4th of July picnic right there. By the way! Happy America Day. We absolutely don't intend to free your slaves. Yes, yes. We love this country. Uh, 100 years ago, we freed ourselves to, uh, to make all our monies to slaves from other people. And, uh, we, we are not taking those freedoms away. We are here to liberate you, not the slaves. Go north. Definitely not the slaves. Go north. (laughs) Uh, north. And here's what that good, good general prior said. I desire to assure you that the relation. Oh, no, he's not a he's not a southern man, is he? All right, I'll, I'll, I'll change. I'll change. <laughs> I desire to assure you that the relation of master and servant, as recognized in your state, <laughs> shall be respected. Your authority over that species of property. Oh, god damn it! Shall not be interfered with. To this end, I assure you that all those under my command have preemptory orders to take up and hold any Negroes found running about the camp without passes from their masters. (sighs) (sighs) Halleck in Missouri. Woo! In 1862, refused to let fugitive slaves enter his lines. Of course not. Burnside, Buell, Hooker, Thomas Williams, and McClellan himself all warned their soldiers against receiving slaves, and most of them permitted masters to come and remove slaves found within the lines. Excuse me, coming through. Part. Oh, oh, just gonna come through here. Oh, excuse me. Oh, oh, just gotta get this runaway slave over here. Oh, no big deal. <laughs> Fucking goddamn it. The constant charge of Southern newspapers, Southern politicians, and their Northern sympathizers that the war was an abolition war met with constant and indignant denial. That is like the equivalent of going to the Middle East and claiming you want to bring them to democracy and then every two minutes going, yes. no, no, we promise it's just about oil. 
It's just about oil. We only want the oil. I promise. I promise we're not here to do anything even approaching human decency. No, no, no. This is about money. Are you, are you confused? What's wrong with you all? Of course not. God damn it. Loyal newspapers, orators, and preachers, with few exceptions, while advocating stringent measures for putting down the capital R rebellion, carefully disclaimed any intention of disturbing the, welcome back to our favorite euphemism, the peculiar, peculiar institution, institution of the South. <laughs> The Secretary of State informed foreign governments through our ministers abroad that this was not our purpose. Hey, France, don't get it twisted. We are not going to be any freeing any slaves. My name is Mike Pompeo. How y'all doing? Um, President Lincoln, in his earlier messages, substantially reiterated the statement. God damn it. What, the, the guy who headed up the 10% plan wasn't really all about yeah. abolition? What are you talking about? Yeah. No. No. Definitely not. What are you talking about? Leading generals on entering southern territory issued proclamations to the same effect. Got the Emancipation Proclamation. You got the We Promise Not to Take Your Slaves Proclamation. They're just slightly different. It's, it's just yeah, a little pretty different. Close, pretty close to the same. Yeah. Almost the same thing. Half the words the same. Yeah. <laughs> One even promised to put down any slave insurrection with an iron hand while others oh, took vigorous measures to send back the fugitives who sought refuge within their lines. I love how the South <laughs> is like desperately trying to find a way to convince slaves to possibly fight for them, and the North yeah. is like, oh my God, people that want to fight for us, get the fuck out of here. What's wrong with you? We don't want you. <laughs> go away. Go be slaves. Go, go be, be slaves. slaves. We're busy. Go be slaves. We're busy. Don't give us- We're doing a thing. The, we're doing a thing for decorum over here. We are cosplay. We are here. <laughs> Uh, and and the quote, the quote, no, um, take it away, buddy. Where they would send, they vigorously sent back the refuge, uh, the uh, fugitives who sought refuge, the slaves, was in the early years of the war. If accounts do not err, during the entire period, McClellan commanded the Army of the Potomac. John Brown's body was a forbidden heir among the regimental bands. The Hutchinsons were driven from Union camps for singing abolition songs, and insofar as the Northern army interested itself at all in the que slavery question it was by the use of force to return to their southern masters fugitives seeking shelter in the union lines while the formation they possessed especially well, the information they possessed oh the information sorry they possessed especially respecting the roads of and means of communication should have been the inseminable service to the federals to the Federals, uh, they were not to be employed as laborers or armed as soldiers. The North avoided the appearance of desire to raise the Negroes from the plane of the chattels to the rank of human beings. God forbid. God forbid they be seen as people. That is not not our mission. And so, again, you know, there are abolitionists in the northern ranks. It's not like it did not exist no. in the North. And you were basically kicked out for it. <laughs> exactly. It's like, we don't want that shit. What are you talking yeah. about? What do you think? What do yeah. you think you're here for? Here was no bid for the cooperation of either slaves or free Negroes. In the North, Negroes were not allowed to enlist and often refused with indignation. Thus, the weakness of the South temporarily became her strength. Her servile population, repulsed by Northern pro-slavery sentiment, remained at home engaged in agriculture, thus releasing her entire white population for active service in the field. While on the other hand, the military resources of the North were necessarily diminished by the demands of labor. Now, I want people to hear that and and think about that as an allegory to freeing yourself as a proletariat in a socialist revolution. Okay. The s submission of colonized people 
is struggling to be broken because the ostensible leftists and ostensible socialists, ostensible anarchists that need to free the proletariat, free the working class, uh, whether you just think all the bad guys are just the billionaires or whether you understand it to be all capitalists in the entire system, uh, is held back, held back by basically refusing the freedom of colonized people, refusing decolonization. This has to be a three-pronged battle. It has to be socialism, decolonization, and anti-imperialism simultaneously fought. And, and this is exactly what happened the first time around when something similar, the slaves were just trying to fight for their own freedom. The very people that were fighting against their masters were sending them back. And it greatly delayed and bloodied the war. And it led to Reconstruction not following through in the end from this, this white chauvinism and this hatred of the true freeing and true liberation of the slaves. And that is exactly where I would want to end it this week because we are, <laughs> we are at, at right around time. I'm sure this episode will be edited down, but I'm also yeah, 100% this one positive. Will probably come a little short because it'll be, a it'll come a little bit edits, shorter than maybe your average episode, but also in the we last, like, two bonuses this week. In the last six <laughs> days, we've released like three episodes. Y'all got plenty yeah. of stuff to listen to of us. Come yeah. on now. Yeah. Um, we, we're, we're good. No, it's that, that honestly, it's just, I, that, that was a perfect way to end it. And I, I mm-hmm. thank you, David, for once again, being able to synthesize everything we're talking about into a, <laughs> yeah. a coherent thought that I'm incapable of having, mm-hmm. um, ever, ever, ever. It's my waking nightmare. <laughs> um, that being said, this has been Mark's madness. Uh, you know, we, we show up every Wednesday with our hats held out and say, mm-hmm. Hey, do you want to listen to our, our goof ups and our funny things and our reading the books? Um, and everything except reading the books is received very poorly by all, by everybody. And I, I respect that y'all, <laughs> y'all don't need to enjoy any of the other stuff. I get it. I get it. Um, that being said, if you want to talk to us or have any yep. uh, feedback or especially in light of the uh, recent current events episode we did, you, you know, you have an opinion or a feeling or something that you think we, we, we missed or didn't get or, or, or just an opinion you think we should hear. Um, mm-hmm. Please God reach out at any time. Uh, Mark's madness pod at gmail.com is the email. If you want to keep it just private and mm-hmm. one-on-one between me and David and you, um, DMS are open on Twitter. You can always get us at Mark's madness pod, uh, on Twitter at Mark's madness pod. Yeah. At Mark's madness pod. Yeah. At Mark's madness pod on Twitter. Um, mm-hmm. and if you would like to have that conversation in a larger group where you can have other people go, Hey, you dumb dumbs miss something. Um, come, uh, hang out in the dumb and awful discord because that's where mm-hmm. me and David, well, me all the time. And David, uh, upon bat signaling him, he'll usually, he'll <laughs> usually come. Um, I we'll, we'll sh- here and there. No, he drops in here and there. He drops it. He drops yeah. a page and a half of awesome sources and then, and then scamper and just smoke bombs away. It's a, it's a nice, <laughs> he's, he's built a nice identity and we all love him for it. Um, See, you, my work here is done. You haven't done anything. And I whip my cane. I've, say, I've said everything I have to say goodbye. And then I'm left to sit here and defend his thesis as he leaves. It's fun. It's great. It's good for everybody. Um, no, but it, that's, those are the, those are the easiest ways to get in contact with us at any given time. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, again, we, uh, if you are curious as to things you can be doing right now in the last two episodes, we have tried to list as many organizations as humanly possible that you can go out and get involved with locally. And if you have any questions about your own local region, we've had people reach out to us and go, Hey, I want to do something. I don't know what to do. And we're hopefully yeah. 
getting those people in contact with with places they can go and and people yeah because we're we're not familiar with every region but we will do God, our best no. to, to research it um the first follow-up question is is we're going to start asking you know where you're near what you're from without basically saying give us your address yeah hey up. hey by the way give uh, us your address and your social security and, number i don't and appreciate we may that give you some suggestions that process we may give you some suggestions after we've we've you know reach uh, out heard where you are we may give you some just big national suggestions uh party suggestions because we just don't know the area or we know some larger parties are, are there but we'll do our best and that being said to um I, I, this is the one time a month i feel like i'll ask it um if you own a device or have an account that has access to the itunes platform it is silly that we are at this point, but algorithms run everything <laughs> and SEO is a thing. And the best way to actively make sure more people are listening to us mm-hmm. is to leave a review on iTunes. Uh, yes. I don't care what it says. We have had uh, whoever is out there and left a review as if we were a restaurant and then you were leaving a Yelp <laughs> review. You are a hero and I love you. And you're the I just it doesn't matter what you write in there anything and itunes goes oh they're good we should put them out there as long as it has five stars and words in it that's all that matters that's all that matters five stars and and do the i love lamp and 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 we'll we'll just be thrilled we'll just be thrilled honest to god anyone that leaves a review on there you are my special Mm -hmm. child and i love you and you are my favorite person Mm -hmm. um i i every i've just but night before bed i just kind of like kiss the heads of all the people that have left us positive Mm -hmm. reviews and everyone that's left a four-star review i uh i do a weird pharaoh thing and send a curse on to you because why (laughs) why would you do that to me what 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 about me personally do you not want to be to be happy um but that's fine that's fine uh that and anyone who has gotten here from you know i mean social media or um itunes suggestions uh rather than running into someone in the field organizing and saying hey listen to these guys uh constant reminder purpose of this podcast is hopefully number one we hope you get involved with an organization or a party and this is complementary to a group reading where you read the books discuss this in person and then can use this for follow-up context things like that if need be uh that you just you know have a group but or you don't have a group you're just reading the book alongside us on your own and we're adding group discussion that's fine and if at all we need to be cliff notes or in this case we're reading pretty well word for word we just need to be your ebook and add commentary and context that's fine too whatever makes this accessible to you uh just as long as you're hopefully driving this into praxis and you're discussing this with other people that have read the book in some way where you're not just getting the the feedback of two white guys in a basement that are hopefully giving good feedback uh but you're you're getting feedback from anyone who's read it especially colonized people and organizers and and i say that as if they're different usually organizers tend to be colonized (laughs) people but both both categories of people whether it's it's the same person meeting both categories there are two genders it's organizers and colonized people these are our two (laughs) genders these are the two genders as far as mark madness is concerned damn it (laughs) how how did we get through seven pages with the sloppy ass episode (laughs) i don't think we got through more than that i thought we started like page 50 or something oh no you're right it was 55 we got through seven we got through seven pages we are that's pretty good considering how fucking derailed we got all right guys we got super derailed all right cut it short with edits and yeah no 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 big deal hey next week i promise i will read this book with the solemn and completely joyless uh, <laughs> attention to detail it deserves that some of you apparently I want. Will, I will reach deep inside to my inner Catholic and I will get up there like a lector. And I will- <laughs> <laughs> We're going to fire and brimstone. We're going to fire and brimstone read this thing next week, guys. But uh, in, until then, my name's Nathan. My name's David. 